Welcome to the 2017 NSH Poster Podcast Series. My name is Gail Callis, and I'm a member of NSH, a regular presenter at the NSH Annual Symposium Convention, and currently serve as editor for the Journal of Histotechnology. Last year, NSH launched its first poster podcast series, bringing outstanding research and science from the exhibit hall to a larger audience. We are thrilled to bring this popular series back and know you will enjoy listening to the poster presenters learn something new and share their information with others. New episodes will be released each week from November through December. Thanks for listening and science on by presenting a poster with a podcast next year. This is Audrey Toothman, and I'm sitting here with Ruth Fiddler, and she has a poster, Histological Manifestations of Primary Intrahepatic Cholangiocarcinoma, the Silent Liver Death. Why did you pick this topic to make a poster on? Well, this this particular poster has a personal impact for me due to a family incidents of occurrence. And I picked this topic because I feel that it's important for people to become aware about cholangiocarcinoma and what it is, how the cancer acts and behaves, and how fast it proliferates and grows, and to kind of bring attention not only to the cancer, but what we do as histotechnologists and what our role is as histotechnicians and histotechnologists to aid pathologists in faster or early detection of this particular cancer, essentially. So when somebody looks at your poster... And there's a lot of information on here, which is really nice. But if somebody's looking at your poster and they have no idea what they're looking at with the gross tissue here, can you explain that a little bit? Yes, so um, the way that the poster is outlined, it basically gives an abstract of what the entire topic or overview of the poster is. And then it starts with some charts on basically how this particular cancer is ruled out. So it starts with the fact that if a patient, for example, has bile duct dilation, then they go through the flow chart and decide is there obstruction or no obstruction. And then they can filter down through a list of choices to kind of discern what that particular disease may be that's causing the the dilation of the bile ducts. Uh And then the next image at the very top is a picture of the liver itself and the juxtaposition of the gallbladder and the bile ducts and the biliary tree within the liver. And the importance of that is because this particular cancer has three different growth patterns. There's a periductal, which grows around the bile duct itself, um, and then there's an intraductal that grows along the epithelial tract. And then the positional um, location also determines whether or not this cancer is treatable, whether or not they can receive resection or whether or not they can receive chemo treatment. So obviously the higher up within the biliary branches of the tree, it can also be confused for gallstones or gallbladder disease or pancreatic disease or pancreatic metastases of pancreatic cancer. And the higher that it is in the biliary tree, the less likely they are to become a candidate for resection or for chemo treatment. So the first images that you were pointing out about the the gross anatomical images is an ultrasound of what the tumor would look like on ultrasound, and then a post-mortem view or at least a resection view where a liver was removed where you can see the growth patterns 
of the liver disease itself, or in this particular case, clangiocarcinoma. And the very um, first image just shows a periductal infiltrative growth pattern. The second image, which is from the University of Michigan, is showing a clat skin tumor, which is a tumor that sits right at the bifurcation of the biliary tree, which is common amongst liver fluke and thoracic exposure patients, essentially, which we can get into later if interested. And that particular tumor, you can see where the vast majority of the liver looks healthy, but because of the location of that tumor, the person is not a candidate for resection because essentially they lose the entire liver. And then the the last image is a gross pictorial of what a latent stage clangiometastasis looks like as it proliferates through the bile ducts and throughout the liver and slowly degrades the liver to basically the mortality or death of the patient. Okay, so this was a new kind of carcinoma to me, so I'm sure it would be a new kind of carcinoma to to a lot of other people. Would you, in the future, do another poster on a follow-up? Oh, absolutely. On where, and how would that, where would you go with that one? Well, for, for starters, I feel like this poster is a beginning step for me, and as I've done research and uh, collaborated what these images are and what this disease is and how it manifests itself and how we as histotechnicians can, you know, see this for ourselves and um, basically what we can do as far as staining or grossing. um, I would like to, in the future, try to be part of a collaboratory group that can help kind of refine what is something specific to this disease or what is a specific marker or what is a specific special stain for this particular disease so that patients can have a faster diagnosis or have a a better prognosis when it comes to treatment options. I feel like in today's modern society of medicine that breast cancer, for example, we can almost have it tailored down to the exact gene or the exact cell that causes the breast cancer, and we can almost eradicate breast cancer depending on the type of breast cancer that we have. So I feel like that can be true here in this particular disease or clangiocarcinoma itself, that if we can find that specific marker or genetic link, then this can basically be avoided before it's too late, I I feel like. Good. If somebody came up to your poster, what three words would you tell them to look for? That's a very good question. I would say to to look at the statistics on how fast moving and how it presents itself because a lot of times the cholangiocarcinoma patients who have primary intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma unfortunately don't show signs or symptoms until it's too late. So in this particular case, for example, where we've compared it to a 56-year-old female who had cholangiocarcinoma she didn't present until it was too late, and they said, we're sorry, you're in stage four. So it's important to know what are the presenting signs or possibility of presenting symptoms of the oncoming of the disease, and if there's a marker or a blood marker that can be linked to that. Another thing that's important to notice is um, maybe the genetic background or the, the history or connection. Like, is there a genetic link or is there a history that's associated? That way, we can have a better understanding of whether or not this disease passes on through generations or if the disease is something that really is something that's rare or not. And the third thing that I would probably 
make the most reference to is, again, the immunohistochemistry portion. For me, I enjoy immunohistochemistry, and I would, again, really like to be part of something that can say, hey, we have this go-to stain or this go-to immunohistochemistry treatment that can help confirm or acknowledge the existence of this disease before it's too late. Well, this is a really interesting topic. I enjoyed looking at your poster and hearing, hearing about this. I, like I said, it's new to me. And I look forward to another poster done by you. Thank you. I'm excited. Yes, thank you very much. I'm excited. Thanks for listening to this episode of Histotalks. To hear more great episodes, check us out on Podbean, The Block, or iTunes, keyword Histotalks.